you see, before, before Genesis 3, we have God who's created this beautiful place. He says it's good. He's created the earth. And in doing so, he creates man. And he says, man is now created in our image. In doing so, I'm going to have plants. I'm going to have animals. I'm going to have all these things fall up under the authority of man. And he sees that there's uh, a loneliness. There's a, a need for a helper for Adam. So he creates Eve, or excuse me, he creates the woman. And now there's a helper there to... to um, enjoy relationship with Adam as they partake in all that God has created, and it's all good. And then in chapter 3, we start with this dude, the serpent. And you gotta, you got to, like, let me pause for a second and give you an understanding of Satan, because sometimes we don't really, we either give Satan too much credit as if Satan is on par with God and it's this epic battle going on and Satan's trying to win and that's not the case at all. Or we play Satan like he doesn't even exist and we, are, we have more pride and more ability uh, than we ought to before one who tempted and uh, ultimately tripped up um, our, our forefathers. So Satan, his quick story. There's a component of this story that we'll never be able to understand. We're still trying to wrap our minds around what unconditional love looks like. So you place Satan in the presence of God, in the spiritual realm of God. God, totally perfect, totally beautiful, lacking nothing. So that means Satan lacked nothing, yet and still he wanted more. Tough, tough to wrap our minds around that Satan would be in the presence of God, but still yet want to be God, still yet want more power, still yet want to have more authority than what was given to him. And actually in the scriptures, in Jude, it says that angels, excuse me, don't keep their, uh, don't keep their positions of authority. You know, it tells us that that. Something occurred where these angels uh, and Satan was within that camp um, did something to lose their positions uh, of, of holiness in, in, in the heavenly realm. So now Satan is hurled down to earth. And that name accuser, that's what the name Satan means. It means accuser. So what he's doing is trying to accuse uh, you. He's, he's accusing you basically before God. Wanting you to die. You represent Jesus. You look like God. You reflect the image of God. So if Satan can't hurt God, he can try to hurt the one God loves, which is you. So Satan's whole goal is to to make you look as horrible as he can. How does he do it? He's a liar. He's a murderer, um, John says. He's the father of lies. And we'll see, you know, in, in one of the first lies ever told takes place in Genesis 3, what we're studying today. Jesus calls him the evil one. And, and don't get it twisted. Like, no matter how much, like, anger and rage and evil Satan may have against God and against you being a child of God, he still is limited in power. 
he still like like cannot do anything that would separate you from the love of God. He doesn't have strength to pull you away from from being a part of the body of Christ. And if but let me also clearly state if you do not know Jesus and Jesus is not is not your Lord then the Bible clearly says that you you are an ally of Satan. Like as as of right now, what you represent is 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 in opposition to the holy God that we are here serving today. So so throughout this entire talk, there will be times where I pray that you can stop and say, Jesus, I want to know you if you don't know him. So he is the ruler of this world, but that's a that's a limited rule, okay? So now we have this this being that left heaven, come down to earth, um, angry, pure evil, um, wanting to, excuse me, hurt all of us that represent Christ. But we also have God and God saying, hey, just because he has power, don't forget who I am. I'm all powerful. In Deuteronomy, it says, see now that I myself am he. There is no God besides me. I put to death and I bring to life. I have wounded and I will heal and no one can deliver out of my hand. So, friends, I want you guys to see like like. As much as we hate who Satan is, that he exists, that evil exists. Satan is a tool that God uses to perfect the people of Christ. And I can personally say I hate pain. I mean, I I stubbed my pinky toe on the bed and I'm telling y'all, you see a different Leon. You know, but but I but but when I really think back to some of my most difficult times, sorry, I was thinking about when I lost my grandmother, like how God like still answered and still loved me and still matured me in the midst of those times. I, we don't know what it's like not to experience pain this side of heaven. So what I hope and what we hope as a church is that you see that pain can still be for God's good and that he uses Satan at times uh, to advance the beauty of his people. One brother that, uh, that this happened with was Simon Peter. You know, Simon Peter was a close disciple of Jesus. And, and Simon Peter is, I mean, this is right before Jesus is about to be crucified. And, and basically Jesus says to him, Simon, Peter, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat. But I've prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. He doesn't say if you turn back. He says, no, you, you're part of my body. Satan is going to tempt you. You're going to deny me. You're going to deny me. But when you turn back, strengthen your brothers after that pain, after that, after that denial. And we know Simon goes on to be, you know, a, a great apostle who writes books of the Bible, but also who the church is built upon, you know. 
One, 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 just one example of many. Also, please go to Romans one, uh, verses one. Excuse me, James one, uh, verses one through eight to get a, another perspective of how God uses trials uh, and at times can use Satan. So why do I start there? I start there because we got to know who we're dealing with. All right, Satan, serpent enters on the scene. You've got to know that this isn't just like a little snake coming up to hang out with Eve. You know what I mean? This, 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 is, this is bad news because you got the accuser who wants you dead. But then you have Eve. Excuse me, I shouldn't say that name yet. You have the woman. And the woman was created to bring God glory, just as the man was created to bring God glory. But in doing so, she, she, she brings God glory and helps the man bring God glory. She is a helper. One wants to see you die. Another one wants to see your fullness in Christ. Why are they kicking it? Why are they talking? What's, what? what, what? This, this is not, they, there should not be a friendly exchange going on here. There's supposed to be a, 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 a target on a serpent's head when Eve sees him and starts talking. She's supposed to whoa, wait a minute, wait, I'm helping him be holy. What you talking about, Satan? This is not this is not this is not helping me lift up the man that, that I was created to help. So now the serpent was more crafty than any wild animals of the Lord. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Did you did he really that those really and any are ways that Satan starts to seep in some skepticism? You know how you get in an argument with somebody and before you know it, you've like, you know, maybe the person has uh, has, um, you know, they they eat all the Cheetos every now and then, you know. <laughs> But what do you say? You always eat all the Cheetos. You know what I mean? You try to vilify them as if this, is, this defines them. There's no exception. They always do it, you know? So now he's starting to play in her mind a little bit. Here you go. Did God really say that? Any tree? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. I have a question mark in front of God in verse 3, because if you look through chapter 2, every time God is referred to, there's two words that describe him. It's even in chapter 1. How, how is God referred excuse me, in verse 1 here, how is God referred to? Lord God. But how does Satan refer to God in verse in, in the same verse, just as God. And what's happening there is there's, a, there's a, a personal component to God having created the earth, created these individuals, created man, created woman that is expressed through Lord God. There's a general association with a creator when you say God. So what's supposed to happen is Satan says, Hey, did God really say that? And she's supposed to say, no, 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 no. Wait a minute. Lord God said. But notice how she responds. Being sucked in that much more. But God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree 
that is in the middle of the garden. Now, if you guys look, and I think it's 225, says actually what, what God said. But we know that he did not say that they might not touch it. And that if they touched it, that they would die. And let me make sure that I'm giving you the right address. Uh, nope, that's not 225, excuse me. 17, <laughs> thank you. Uh, but you must not eat from, and that was uh, chapter 2, verse 17, uh, is the order, we'll read 16 and 17. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat of it, you will surely die. Does that say anything about touching? So now, you know, there's some skepticism. There's, you know, a distortion in how we even are referring to God in this conversation, not the personal God that's intimately involved in creating me, but this general God. And now we're adding to God's word. Slippery slope here, right? Slippery slope. Now, sisters, don't, don't, don't start to hate on me because I know we're focusing a lot on the lady right now. We're focusing a lot on the woman. Don't get mad at me because it, let's say the shoe was put on the other foot. What I want you guys to focus on right now is not the woman did this or the man did that or the woman didn't do. What you should focus on is when am I prone to be like her? When am I prone to be like him? Begin to start asking yourself, okay, what happened here? What is the reality that the Bible is starting to trying to teach me about what actually happened here? But then also, when am I a little inclined to kind of be like that? You know, one of, one of the questions on the end for the application is like, when, when do we sometimes get seduced into engaging Satan? When do we sometimes get drawn in? Like here, you will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good from evil. You know, the, 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 the craftiness in this is that he, he first makes a bold-faced lie because God says you will die. And then he says you will not certainly die. That's supposed to be another red flag that this conversation is not going the right way. I should get out of this one. Let me run to Adam. Where are you, boo? You know, <laughs> you know, but then then he actually like like gives some half truth. You know, then he starts to say, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good from evil. It's like that's that's true, but we don't know the degree. We don't know the depth of that statement. So she at this time thinks and, 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 and Satan is presenting, you know, the beauty of wisdom. He's trying to present to her that, yeah, you've been created, but there's something God left out. It's present right there in the tree. Oh, now the tree starts to look beautiful. You know, now the tree starts to look appealing, appetizing. There's, a, there's somehow is a desire that's present. I don't know exactly where it came from. I, I wish that I could tell you that. I wish I had the answer. I don't, know, I don't know where this desire came from in Eve. 
I can tell you that I, I at times have that desire, a desire for more, a desire where I think that there's something that can help me that's outside of God. I mean, that's the temptation of sin, right? Is that there's a way that's different than God's way that's better than God's way. And that's why he's the father of lies. Because if he can get us to believe that, to think that, to, to wrestle with that for a bit, oh man, he, he's winning. <laughs> he's successful at being able to say, see, see God, see, look at him, stumbling again. And you want to you wanna pour blood out for them? You want to love them? You want to cherish them? You want to raise them above the angels? Look at them messing up again. That's the beauty of the gospel. That unconditional love that we can, we, we, we have a tough time understanding, but I pray you experience it. That God died for you once and for all, that your sin is not being racked up against you. Every time God looks at you, he looks at you through the blood of Jesus. And he says, forgiven. Forgiven. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig trees together and made coverings for themselves. Uh, it's a, it's a little, kind of a play on words here. You remember God, you know, stepped back from the creation that he's, that he's put together and saw that it was good. Here, you know, Eve kind of is going down the same route to say, you know, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good, you know, there's, a, there's this, this, this desire for authority, this desire for um, additional fulfillment that can be found outside of God. And now for some reason this tree is looking, it's looking good, but for all the wrong reasons. It's, a, it's, it's, a, it's appealing because it's going to feed a physical need. It's appealing because it's, it's beautiful. It's pleasing to the eye. It's appealing because it's going to further wisdom. But isn't there irony in that? Because what, what, what wisdom is there outside of God? Foolishness. Stupidity. Dumb. You know, like, we, 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 it just, it doesn't make sense. But it can be attractive. We get it up here that it doesn't make sense, but that doesn't mean it, it doesn't draw our, our attention. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Now, I'm just going to be honest. Like, I've been wrestling with this he was with her part. Because some people say, you know, hey, he was right there, and he was just quiet, and he said nothing. And then other people say, you know, just as when you're at, in your home, you might be with your family, but it doesn't mean they're in the same room as you. You know, like, so it could still be like circumstance, like uh, proximity with and honestly, I, I haven't landed. All I, all I do know is that they both get punished for it. There, there's, a, there's an effect here that is 
that shows neither of them was in the right. It wasn't as if Eve did all, the woman did all this by herself and the man was without fault. And we'll see what those faults are later. Then, they, then the eyes of both of them were opened. They realized they were naked. You know, that, that their relationship prior to this, the, 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 the nakedness of the two of them symbolized oneness. In, uh, in, in, two, in chapter 2, verse 25, it says, The man and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. But now that they've become wise... They realize they're naked, and their shame moves them to do what? Cover themselves. Now what we're supposed to, you're supposed to delight in, you know, just being free to do your thing, being free. <laughs> now it, it's bringing forth shame. You know, now they're, they're, they're covering themselves. They're hiding themselves. Um, and I want, I want to make sure that we understand a, a, a definition of sin. Because this is, sin is everything in disposition and purpose and conduct of God's moral creatures that is contrary to the expressed will of God. The sin is against God even when the wrong we do is to ourselves or others. So, 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 Man, sin is just like it, it, it's, it's anything that disrupts the relationship between man and God that he's established. So that's a heart issue. That's a behavior issue. That's a mental issue. I pray that all of our minds are focused on Christ right now, but some of your minds could be elsewhere and you could be sinning right now, but you look great. It's, it's that deep. The woman allows her mind and her own judgment to be her guide. The man neither approves nor rebukes. Hers is a sin of initiative. His a sense of a sin of acquiescence, which means to accept something reluctantly, but without protest. We got a lot to cover, so I'm a, um, the the beauty is that sin doesn't reign over us any longer like like I'm coming back to that I'm definitely coming back to that the consequences of sin now the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God and he was walking in the garden in the cool of day and they hid from the Lord God among the, uh, the trees of the garden but the Lord God called the man where are you he answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, The woman you put here is with me. She gave me some fruit from the tree. I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you've done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. The, 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 and you see how the, the, the author goes back to describing God in his correct way, you know, Lord God. And as he, as he comes into the garden now, this shame, this sin 
is about to interact, is about to engage a holy God. And what, what do you, what do you, I was uh, playing with my little daughter. She's a two-year-old. And um, we have this cabinet. So this cabinet's in our, in our bathroom. And, like, my daughter's playing around, playing in the cabinet. And I'm like, Shiloh, what are you doing? It's like, nothing, Daddy. And I ask her again, Shiloh, what are you doing? Nothing. So then she comes back, and she's got marker just all over her face. <laughs> Permanent marker, you know what I mean? So <laughs> but but as, as I'm calling her, like, I know if I call my daughter, she comes running with joy, typically. But when I call her this time, she's hiding. Like, I go in the bathroom, and the closet door is closed, and she's hiding in the closet. You know, like she she doesn't want to be in dad's presence right now because she knows she's doing something she's not supposed to. You know how how more how isn't the same heart happening here with this beautiful holy God that gave you everything that said you can have every tree you want in this place. Just don't touch that one. Just not that one. I'm going to set you up. You you can work the grounds, work the land. Work isn't even going to be tough. It'll be easy. Get your grub on, brother. Eat. You know? Set it up perfect. But now, now that you've revealed and, 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 and now that there's shame present, they hide. And the Lord called to him, where are you? He answered. And, and, and the, the imagery is, I mean, I want you guys to get that he's not, God isn't lost. God doesn't, isn't like looking for Adam. He wants Adam to willingly come forth. He wants the man to willingly come forth and share what he's done. You know, like trying to hide from God, I mean, that'd be like, like me, like, you know, like, it's just, come on, man, like, what? But, it, but, he's, but what he's trying to do is draw Adam out, you know? And it would have been beautiful, friends, if at the moment they, they had sinned, Instead of going and covering themselves with lead and hiding, they came to God and repented. You know, we get to look back now, thousands of years, and say, yeah, that would, that's the best thing to do. Will we do that today? I pray so. I pray so. So he says, where are you? I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, um, so I hid. And he said, who told you that you were naked? You know what, let me just not even let you answer. Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? Now, how does the man answer? <laughs> Y'all see that bus coming? He was like, girl, get under there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> man. Threw her under the bus, you know, <laughs> man, you know, like the, the and and it's and it's and it's really interesting because the structure of the sentence is one where first he blames God, the woman you put here with me, God. Then he says she gave me some fruit from the tree. So the the effects of those two things is kind of like you know two plus two equals four. Like you did that, God. She did that, God. So I had to eat it. 
You know, it, al- it almost is like this, there's this tenor of him saying, like, what was, I, what was I supposed to do? I had to eat it, you know? And, and that's just, that, that shift of blame is, is so, like, is so, the, is so the heart of sinful man. You know, we, we, never, we, never, we never want to be caught doing wrong. We never want to take responsibility for doing wrong. I shouldn't say never, because that was what I was talking about earlier. Oftentimes, we don't want to be caught doing wrong. So what, what happens here is that, um, that after he does that and after he says he ate it, the Lord God then goes to speak to the woman says, what has this youth done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate it. Now the, the, there's a picture here that almost asks, that, that leads us to ask, well, if Satan said they were going to die, why didn't they die yet? You know, they, they ate the fruit. By the way, there's no mention of an apple here. I don't know where the apple idea came from. Um, they ate the fruit. They should be dead, technically, right? Like I, I, want to, I want to propose to you guys that, that death will be coming in two forms. The first form, um, it's, it's, if you look in the book of Leviticus, when people would um, have lepers, they would be banished from the temple. And being banished from the temple meant being banished from the presence of God. And that was equated with death. These people had to go on the outskirts of town and could not be in the holiest of holy places. This Garden of Eden is the holiest of holy places right now. I mean, God got on a trench coat just walking through that spot. You know what I mean? Like, and, and, and talking freely with man. Talking freely with the woman. And in time, they're going to be banished from this place. That's death. That's death. But there will also be a death that actually happens, you know, where they die and stop breathing. Um, and I, I don't know if they were, if they hadn't sinned, they would have been eternal. I don't, I don't know. I can't, I can't go there. Um, what I do know is that being away from God um, is, 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 is definitely viewed as an aspect of death. So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you've done this, cursed are you above all livestock and all wild animals. You will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers, and he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. Um, this, is, this is like, like, so there's different components here that use different literary devices. You know, like, like, so you crawl, you will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. Like, that is a, um, you can't take that literal, because then that would mean at one point, you know, the serpent was walking, and then, you know, because of this, God put him on his belly. And guess what? Now, like, instead of eating food, snakes eat dust. Snakes don't really eat off of dust. You know what I mean? What this is saying is that, like, 
he is now the lowliest of lowly. He's, 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 he's been, uh, how do you say, like moved down a tier. Um, he's, he's just, he's, there's a, an imagery of him being uh, underneath all other creation because of this incident. But I will put enmity between you and the woman and between our offspring. And I, I want to explain that for a second. Now, the you in that, in that verse, he's still talking to the serpent. So now the serpent and his offspring are in enmity against the woman and her offspring. But it, it just is now a more clearer picture for us all that Satan is in opposition to the body of Christ. But at, but at some point, there is a, 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 uh, an act that happens where Satan's head is crushed. Between your offspring and hers, he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. There, there's a, people talk about this verse as if it is pointing towards Jesus Christ. As if it's saying, hey, okay, out of the woman shall come this, this, this lineage, this offspring, this person that will crush the head of the one who shall also be attacking its heel. And there's, it, it's tough to actually say, hey, well, Jesus, you know, Satan took Jesus through a lot of suffering. And Jesus conquered him on the cross. For sure, Jesus conquers him on the cross, and Satan is, is uh, that's where the conquering and all authority takes place, where Satan is bound from that point. But there's suffering that happens to the body of Christ that happens all throughout history. So we don't want to just make it be like the passion is when the, is when the, 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 the striking of the heel happens. Like I would argue that it, it, it's more than just a passion because every time Satan is, is attacking one of us, Christ is affected. Christ hurts. Uh, but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who fall asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. Uh, to the woman, he says, I will make your pains and childbearing very severe. With painful labor, you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. Um, like, I wish I could explain this one away. It's pretty clear. Sisters, ooh, it just hurt, don't it? <laughs> and it's one, of, it's, one of the, it's one of the effects of the fall, you know? It's beautiful that God does not destroy the gift that he mandated. You know, he said that we, would, we were to multiply and subdue the earth. So he still wants us to multiply. There's just pain associated with it now. You know, there's just, there's just, there's just, yeah, severe pain. But it's also interesting that the, the woman, um, as if she knows what's best, like enter in, enters into this dialogue with Satan, eats of the fruit and, and gives it to her husband. So that, that leading, that, 
that that desire to to lead I don't want to say the relationship, but lead in a manner that was contrary to what God ordained, which was which was for them not to eat of the fruit. That leading is now one of the elements of the new relationship that flows out of sin, you know, that happens as a result of sin, I should say. And that new relationship is one where there's going to be a, a, a fight for who's leading. You know, there's going to be a, a, a man without Jesus is, is, has, the, has the wiring to be tyrannical in his, in his uh, leading of his, of his wife. I, it's a hard sell. I know people say, well, there's a lot of people who don't love Jesus who are good guys. I would even say if you don't love Jesus and you're a good guy, like and you're mimicking God. You don't even know it. Like in order, in order to be a good husband, you've got to be patient. Oh, that's a God trait. You've got to be humble. Oh, that's a God trait. Wives, you have to be encouraging. Oh, that's a God trait. So you might not acknowledge it. You might not give God the credit that he has due. But in order in order to have a, a, a relationship that was that's healthy, that 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 lifts up one another, it's got to reflect Christ. So one of the effects of the fall is this battle for spousal supremacy. You know, and we we see it all too often, unfortunately. Um, and we have to all die to self. You know, every man has to die. Every woman has to die to self in order to lift up the union that God has created. Because you listened to your wife and ate the fruit from the tree about which I commanded you. You must not eat from it. Curses the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat from food all the days of your life. Um, It's just uh, another beautiful picture of how God is extending his grace, but with justice. You know, he doesn't say... Oh, don't worry about it, Adam. You're cool. Why? Because God is a just God. So he's going to bring forth consequences. But a gracious God, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't have to still allow, you know, even with pain, the woman to bear children. He doesn't have to allow the man to cultivate food and be able to provide, be able to work the land and provide for the family. But in grace, he does that. In love, he does that for us. Physical pain and anguish are related to the once bountiful provisions that were God's creation. And Adam named his wife Eve because she would become the mother of all living. The Lord God made garments of skin uh, for Adam and his wife and clothed them. Again, like, you got to remember, like, they, they were, like, naked and felt shamed. He could have sent them out and said, now... Go and continue to to bear this shame amongst one another at all times. But he says, no, I love you. You know what? I'll make a covering for you. We we don't we don't get that there was there, there Adam and Eve didn't deserve any of that, you know. And in the midst of all that he gave to them, he asked, don't just don't touch one tree. And they touch it, but yet again, he continues to pour out his grace upon them. That's why we continue to say, family, like, like it's, it's not about like you leaving MacAv and having the three things to do this week. You know, if you just do these three things, you, no, like, 
like leave here with a greater understanding of who God is. That his grace is more than any of us can fathom. Extended to our to our to our to our forefathers and foremothers, but daily being extended to us. And the Lord God said, the man has now become like one of us, knowing God, knowing good and evil. You know, it's crazy that 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 part truth, you know, Satan, Satan dangled in front of us and uh, Adam and Eve, you know, took it. But in, in that happening, God again was gracious. He says he must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat it and live forever. Like like, do you see that 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 Adam and Adam and Eve have done wrong? They've sinned. But now if they eat from this tree, they will be in this sinful state forever. So instead of letting them be tempted again, kicking it around the tree, sooner or later, the tree getting appealing. God says, I'm, I'm going to banish you from this place. Because I still have a plan for restoration for you. You know, you you see this is all bad. But in, in the grand scheme of things, it's probably the best thing that could have happened to us. It hurts to think of us no longer being in the presence of God. It hurts even more to think about that being our eternal place. So the Lord God banished him from the Garden of Eden to work the ground for which had been taken after he drove the man out. He placed on the east side of the Garden of Eden cherubim and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. Um, I just, it's so funny, man. I watch like National Geographic and all these other shows and they'll be like, we think we may have found the Garden of Eden. (laughs) Come on, man. Like (laughs) if you did, the cherubim caught you with the flaming sword. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) you forgot that part, you know, like... (laughs) The the reality is like it's it's though it was a physical place like it you're not gonna find it because it's also a spiritual place and unless you are able to like transcend the earth and spiritual realm like you're not gonna just stumble upon it like you just found a you know a good sale at a store you know it's just like the, those shows kill me you know but but what I what what I hope though that we are able to leave with um, are, are a few points that just cause us to think. I want you to think about, do you recognize when Satan is seeking to engage you? What are, what are those things that, could, that can get you to start reflecting on things that, that are different than what God's calling you to be obedient to? And that's the thing, homies, like, like, don't 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 miss that, that God didn't create man and say, hey, I just want you to be like, I want you to to reject Satan. God says, no, I created you and I want you to obey me. Very different when we try to live a life where we don't want like we're, we're trying to, you know, if I can just resist temptation today. No, pursue God. He created you for that. In pursuing him, we, we are strengthened to be able to avoid temptation. And temptation is designed to help establish a disobedience pattern in your Christian walk. 
but a test is designed to strengthen and mature you in your Christian walk. Are you able to recognize sin and repent of it? Are you in uh, loving environments where people can speak truth to you when sin is present? Are you learning God's truth so that you even know what to be obedient to? It's quite easy to tell a lie when a person doesn't know what the truth is. Are you accountable to others? Do you weigh the cost of disobedience to God against the pleasure of sin? You know, sometimes like you, you know in your mind everything is, is, you know this choice you're about to make is not the right choice, but it's going to feel so good. For this immediate second, God, you'll understand. It's going to be so good. You know, I'm wrestling with it, and this is totally separate. But, like, so, like, my uh, cholesterol level is crazy high, right? Crazy high. I found out I had, like, 246. And I told one of the doctors in here, and she was, no, Matt. I think he looked at me like, dude, you all right? Like, <laughs> so since I found that out, Man, cookies look real good. Potato chips looking real good. McDonald's fries. I think they got like a a McDonald's next to my house that just feed into my window. I'm telling y'all, like, everything that's like so bad seems so good right now. Now that I'm trying to cut back and live healthier. But if I eat that stuff and continue to eat it, I know what it leads to. It could be a, a quick fix for my taste buds, you know, but a time, of, a time of worry and a time of hurt for my wife and kids when they get older. You know, that, 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 doesn't even, that doesn't even equate to what God is saying. God is saying, wait a minute, like, you would be willing to disobey me for chips? Like, like, like that's, that's what it amounts to. When, when, you, when you are choosing anything over me, it's like, it's like chips. It's like snack food. It's, it, it, it pales in comparison to you walking in my obedience. I want that for you. So lastly, who gets to sit on the throne? Who gets to be the one to make, make decisions for you? Who gets to be the one that, that is leading your life? In, in the instance of Satan, it was him. You know, he wanted a, a, a desire for himself that was greater than the path God wanted for him. In the instance of Adam and Eve, same thing. So at the end of the day, will we choose God or will we choose ourselves? Who's going to be on that throne? I want to leave you guys with that. Will you pray with me? Lord, we want you to be on the throne at all times, God. Father, we want to praise you. We want to give you the honor that is due you. But Lord, not just today, every day, as Satan is seeking to tempt us all the time, as he hates us, as he wants us dead. But Lord, you died so that we might live. Let us make decisions that bring you joy. Let us make daily decisions that just allow us to celebrate you. I pray now for the tithe that we are going to take. May every dollar given 
go towards advancing your kingdom in this community. May you be exalted, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Family, we have uh, tithe coming right now, so feel free um, to partake. If you are a visitor with our body um, and you love Jesus, feel free to worship in this way. If you are a person that's still trying to figure out who Jesus is or you know, you're not exactly sure, um, please hold your wallets. Uh, this is not, yeah, we'd love for you to have great understanding um, in this time of worship. So uh, we thank you uh, and invite you to continue in our, in our worship service.